February marks the 21st anniversary of Dave's Leicester Comedy Festival. It's come of age, and to prove its maturity, this year the festival will deliver some record numbers, more than 600 performances in over 40 venues across an unprecedented 17 days, pulling in an estimated audience of 90,000. And that all makes Leicester a must-do date in the diaries of hundreds of comic performers. It doesn't struggle to attract household names, but it's just as welcoming to the scores of wannabes setting out on a career in this toughest and most brutal of all art forms. So, how did it start? I'm Becca Bryars, and in this special programme, I'm taking a look back over the last 21 years to see how the festival has brought out Leicester's funny side. The festival was the brainchild of Jeff Rowe, who returns us to the very beginning, all the way back to the early 1990s. All I want to do is have a little fun before I die. There's a man next to me out of nowhere. Leicester, as we know, is Environment City. In 1994, it becomes for one week in February the City of Laughs. Yes, Leicester is to have its own comedy festival. Joining me to reveal more are organisers of the festival, Jeff Rowe and Pat Viner. Jeff and Pat, hello and welcome to the programme. Hello, John. As I understand- so we were students at De Montfort University, which was called Leicester Polytechnic then. We knew we had to do a practical project as part of our final year at university. And so in the spring, summer of 93, we sat down in the bar at the Student Union to try and think of something to do and just before that NME the magazine had coined the phrase comedy is the new rock and roll partly because um, Rob Newman and David Baddiel were doing this enormous gig at Wembley Arena which I think at the time was the biggest comedy live stand-up show that there had ever been and so NME was our bible really as students and we all bought it every week and we were big music fans and so comedy seemed to be really exciting and as a result of that really somebody came up with the idea that we should put on a comedy festival. Let's pause there one moment and check with comedian Rob Newman if he knew he was the festival's muse. Oh god does that make me liable for all sorts of damages and stuff for unsold seats and things and or, or damage done to the town of Leicester or the De Montfort Hall. Not sure about that Rob. Let's go back to Jeff. You have to remember that it was slightly odd choice because none of us had ever promoted a comedy gig before and none of us knew any comedians or any comedy promoters. But we all thought it was a great idea. So we came up with the idea of doing this comedy festival and we went back to the university and they were slightly hesitant about us doing that because we were studying arts administration at the time and, um, and there was a debate about whether comedy was art or not because we we were there to administer and manage and promote the arts so we went backwards and forwards a bit and, and there was a conversation around that and in the end they came back and my lecturer said yes you, you can put on a comedy festival it's, it's it's okay they could have said no very easily and then and then it would never have happened and then you know goodness knows where we would all be now chris morn is a comedy festival board member largely because he was also jeff rose lecturer at de montfort university and it was Chris to whom Jeff and his fellow students turned with their crazy idea for a comedy festival in Leicester. One of the things that the third-year students had to undertake was a group project, and they had divided themselves into two for two different projects, one of which was very worthy and, and very interesting at the time, but has passed into, uh, you know, no one remembers it, and the other one, which, of course, is now, you know, local history, and that is the comedy festival. I suppose at that point, perhaps Jeff was prescient in the sense that perhaps he did anticipate that comedy was going to go to places where at that point it wasn't. It was pretty much a London-based phenomenon. I'm not saying comedy was. Obviously, they've been working men's clubs and tours and stuff for, for years. But the, the sense of national engagement with comedy wasn't yet in the way it is today, in which you'll see hear Stephen Fry's voice all over the place and other well-known comedians advertising products. They are now part of our common sort of folklore but at that point they weren't they were alternative and they were um, not particularly appreciated 
And then Jeff decided that this was the time to actually do a festival devoted to that area of art. Having won the backing of his university mentor, a young and hopeful Jeff set out to turn his vision into a reality. It was then the summer holidays, so nearly everybody on the course went home. But I stayed in Leicester because I had a house that I could stay in. And we had an office given to us by the university. So I spent my summer holiday going into the office pretty much every day and trying to put together this thing called the Leicester Comedy Festival. I'd lived in London previously and I had two friends in London, one of whom was a comedy agent. So I rang her up and said, um, tell me everything you know about comedy because we're going to run a comedy festival. And she did and so gave me some really useful contacts. And then my other friend happened to live next door to Tony Slattery. So because I knew where Jim lived and I had Jim's address, I therefore knew where Tony Slattery lived. So not in a very stalkery way at all. Um, I wrote to Tony Slattery and said, would you become a patron of Leicester Comedy Festival? And incredibly, he rang me at home and said, hello, this is Tony Slattery. Um, yes, I'll become a patron of the Comedy Festival. And that was really the origins of, of, of the festival. Um, a lot of the venues in the city at the time were really supportive and very enthusiastic about the idea. And then we put the first thing together and then it happened in February of 94. 5,000 people came, so it, I mean now we've got 80,000, 90,000 people who come, so it was fairly modest, but there was, there was, people liked it, people liked the idea of a comedy festival in Leicester. The festival, which starts on February the 10th, runs until the 19th at venues in the city and county. Claire Walker says this second festival explores more areas than ever before, with artists like George Melly and Willie Rushton... So, Jeff Rowe's gut feeling that comedy would be the new rock and roll proved right. But in the early days, it was all a bit tight. We didn't have any money, you must remember that. Um, so it was very hand-to-mouth in the first few years. And so in 95... I um, alternated between doing the festival and working behind the bar at the Old Phoenix in Leicester, and that's how I earned my money, really. That's how I paid the bills. But during the day, mostly, I would go into the office and, and run the festival. And then, so in the second year, there were three of us, and then gradually it kind of grew, and we got a team of people together, and we got our first sponsor, and and it sort of grew into a... I don't know, a more formal thing. Joining us in the studio, the organisers of the event for 1996, Jeff Rowe, first of all, good afternoon to you again. Good afternoon, Martin. It's been, uh, it's been a year. It has, almost to the day. And you've been working hard, I know, some sterling effort's gone in because it's uh, bigger and better this year, isn't it? Yeah, the festival last year, we had about 10,000 people through the doors and was a huge success. Someone who's been with Jeff and the Comedy Festival pretty much from day one is local comic performer and poet Rob G. Me and the Comedy Festival started at round about the same time, planning from 93 for a thing in 94. I started doing poetry. Jeff had put the Comedy Festival together. And my first contact with Jeff was in his first year doing it when I was a 20-year-old performance poet. And uh, I remember I wrote to him and sent him a tape and said, I want to do a gig for the Comedy Festival. And he wrote me back and said, well, we've got some open mics you might like to do. And that was that was it. <laughs> Over the last 20 years, just to have seen them grow in size like a giggling sibling. you know. <laughs> uh, and, and the things they've asked me to do from year to year have become increasingly outlandish and unusual. Over the last 21 years, the festival has showcased hundreds of acts who have gone on to become household names, such as Jason Manford, Sarah Millican, Jimmy Carr, Russell Brand, Bill Bailey, Johnny Vegas, Jack D, and national treasure, the godfather of British comedy, Barry Cryer. It's grown. I mean, it's got a, a real reputation now. You know, the old big heavyweight, Edinburgh Fringe and all that. There have been uh, other people coming along, like Brighton and so on, but Leicester's right up there now. You never hear a bad word about it. Very good reputation. I'd like to come back again. I feel at home there. Ask any comic and it's clear the Leicester Comedy Festival is a firm favourite on the circuit. Someone who's making a return visit for 2014 is festival regular Patrick Monaghan. It's very difficult to achieve a decent festival in any city. Lots of cities have done it, but if you look at the festivals in Britain, you've got the Edinburgh Festival, which has been going since, you know, the year... I remember first doing that in 1956 when I was a kid. That is one of the few that's 
caught on from strength to strength and Leicester is I would say is one of the only other ones that's done the same it's been going now what 20 odd years now is it where London did a did a festival and it survived two years they stopped they tried to start it again and you're thinking if you can't make a festival happen in London where you've got 10 million people you know what hope has somewhere like Leicester got and yet it does it just I think it gets a lot of local people who come out you get a lot of big acts that come here it's very friendly people let you come back to their houses they give you food you know that's a testament to Leicester people it's definitely got a reputation because the first thing comedians tend to talk about when we're in green rooms at comedy clubs is are you doing Edinburgh this year around January time we will have a conversation where people will go oh are you going to Leicester it is, it's not seen as just another gig. It is definitely seen as, as a big deal. That's Jim Smallman, another homegrown Leicester comedian who spends his life on the road gigging. It's become a bit more of a monster than it was to start with. When it started, it, it felt very local. And I know Axe came up from London to do it, and it might just have been because I still lived in Leicester at the time, but it certainly felt like much more of a local thing. Whereas now, it's what the whole industry uses to test out stuff before Edinburgh. <laughs> is typical of those comedians who love Leicester for itself, but also for the critical test bed it provides for August's Edinburgh Fringe, which still remains the Highland chieftain of comedy festivals. James Acaster's been performing at Leicester's Festival for the past four years. It's a, always a fun gig to do, you look forward to it, and because it's in February a lot of people do work in progress shows here, so that means a lot and you want to do as well as you can. But what's nice about Leicester, instead of just doing a preview somewhere just on its own is because it's a festival you feel like the show does have to be up to a certain standard you can't just charge people to come in and watch you read off bits of paper and not really give it your all so I think it's the first kind of like preview where you're, you're trying your best and you're putting everything behind it so yeah that's very significant. But for others Leicester is all they want. Here's comedian Mark Lucero. It takes the pressure off of doing Edinburgh I think because I literally couldn't go to Edinburgh for a month while one has a family but Leicester, you, you can come and, you, you know, they, it's, it's really, it's a lot freer. So you can literally, you know, do a few nights a week. You can do whatever you want. You can negotiate with, with uh, the venues. And uh, there's a lot of pressure off. And, and also it gives you a chance, um, you know, to run through an hour show, to get an hour show together. And if you get any interest at all, then maybe, you, you know, that's going to open doors. Apart from Edinburgh, it's the one I've heard the most about, you know. I've done Edinburgh for years, but all of the comedians I know have said what a lovely festival it is, how the crowds are always, like, big big crowds, big audiences, and the reception that you get here apparently is really good, so I feel very proud. Rachel Paris is from Syston here in Leicestershire. She's been performing stand-up around the country for several years, but is yet to appear in the festival just down the road from where she grew up. This year, finally she will. As will Chris Stokes, who has left Leicester behind for London, but the city remains in his heart and he's glad to be returning with a new hour of material, following his best show win in 2012. Leicester's almost, like it's like a meritocracy. I mean, no one is given any preferential treatment. So like people flick through the brochure and then they, they pick what sounds good. I mean, they might go and see somebody that they know. They might go, I recognise that name, I'll go. But sometimes they'll go, oh, that sounds good, I'll go and see it. Or sometimes ticket prices are a thing as well. If you're competitively priced, some people might go, I'll go and see that. So what it means is is that by the end of the festival, it's how good the show is, about how, like, how good it's gone. So when they have the awards at the end of the festival, I was nominated for Best Show in 2012, but the people that I was nominated with, it wouldn't have happened anywhere else other than Leicester, just because I, I was very much the underdog. I mean, like there was uh, Andrew O'Neill and Ian Stone, and th- those are people that I looked up to when I started. And in fact, I saw Ian Stone on telly uh, before I'd even started doing stand-up and I thought he watching him made me want to do it. But only in Leicester could that happen, like nowhere else. So whether they're big-name acts, comedy's old guard, the current crop or the up-and-comings, the Leicester Comedy Festival clearly offers something for everyone. Now in its 21st year, Leicester Comedy Festival is big business bringing in vital revenue for city and county. Recent studies by De Montfort University estimated that the festival is now worth around £2 million to the local economy. But it wasn't always that way. I've got the brochure here from that first festival, which is a 
a total of 16 pages of shows. I mean, most of the stuff was put on by the venues. So Harry Hill was on, Donna McPhail was on, Greg Proops, Tony Slattery did a show. But most of the shows were put on by the venues because we were students, so we couldn't we couldn't book Harry Hill because we wouldn't we didn't have any money to do that. And that was where the idea came from, really, that that we would work with venues and promoters to put on the festival, to partly share the financial risk of doing it. Really, I mean, the festival in 2014 has 650 shows, and if we booked all of those ourselves, that would be quite a risk. For one organisation to to um, to take on, so we rely really heavily on the venues and the promoters that we work with in the city and nationally who come to Leicester during the festival to put on to put on the events. The comedy festival is absolutely brilliant news for Leicester. In the middle of winter, it brings uh, warmth and laughter to the city at the time when we need it most. Leicester's mayor, Sir Peter Soulsby, there, but that's not the official reason why the festival is in February. But somehow, it's a date which has worked out well. Most people's financial years run from April through to March. So an awful lot of venues and hotels and bars and restaurants make a lot of money in November, December, leading up to Christmas. And then what happens is January's pretty dead and February, March do all right. And then it's the end of the financial year. So having it in February, which is a pure coincidence, it's in February because that's when we had to do it in order to write our report to graduate from university. So we worked back from our deadline date where we had to get our coursework in and we worked backwards and we came up with February. That's why it's in February. Door three. Door opening. I'll just take you into one of our rooms. This is room 14, one of our suites. Paul Cooper is the sales and marketing manager at the city centre boutique hotel Myango, which for the past seven years has hosted the novel event Hotel de Comedy, which invites the audience to wander from room to room where they're entertained by different comedians, perhaps as they chill out in dressing gowns or lounge in the bath. You could say it's an ensuite laugh room. <laughs> a, it's supporting the community and supporting the city, but also for us, um, it's a great opportunity to showcase our bedrooms and showcase the hotel. We do see a raise in, in inquiries. We've only got 14 rooms here, but they do get booked up pretty quickly. Um, we've always been kind of flexible if any of the comedians want to stay, kind of uh, if you want to put some VIPs in here or packages we've done for the, the festival, um, then, yeah, we've actually seen probably seen, do see an uplift. And we're incredibly proud as a city of the comedy festival. It's clearly one of the things the city's now recognised for, and I take my hat off to, to Jeff Rowe and the team at the comedy festival for the way they've developed the reputation of the festival. And it actually adds something really special and unique to the brand of Leicester. It's important economically, of course it is, but actually I think it generates a really good feel factor for the city during the, the period of the festival. It's something I always look forward to. I know many other people do as well, and it's certainly making a very positive contribution to the city, and I hope it continues to do so in the years to come. That's Rory Palmer, Leicester's deputy mayor, and his brazen acknowledgement of what the festival brings to the city is echoed by Tinney, who runs the crumbling cookie venue on Leicester's High Street. It's the biggest comedy festival, or the longest running comedy festival in Europe, and the biggest probably outside of Edinburgh, and anybody who's not involved would be a fool, I think, quite, quite honestly. But I think more than that, it allows the coffee bar and the crumbling cookie to become part of a community within the city. I understand this year we had more from outside the city, but I think all of a sudden, with the sponsorship from Dave and the likes of Dave, I think the festival's reaching a, a bigger market. Dave? Who's Dave? Dave is the digital TV channel which bills itself as the home of witty banter and, as such, they clearly felt it made sound business sense to align themselves with Jeff Rowe's popular entertainment enterprise. So in 2012, the Leicester Comedy Festival became Dave's Leicester Comedy Festival. Hiksasaki is the channel's marketing manager. At the time, Dave wasn't commissioning new things necessarily. It had a lot of, you know, BBC Repeats, Top Gear. And we believed that, you know, we wanted to support grassroots comedy and, you know, comedy and agents in general. What was the best place to do that? It seemed like Leicester, one of the best festivals in Europe, came along and, and, and wanted our support. When we discussed things with the Leicester team, we, we couldn't believe how passionate they were. They were just an amazing team and it just was so infectious that it's a no-brainer. Three years down the line, here we are. It's been amazing. 
I think Leicester is that one place that we realised that we could reach so many people, um, so many venues, so many comedians and, and agents. And I think we want to carry on supporting this. This is one of the few places that you know, does support grassroots comedy. It's not just about the big names and the big venues. It's about allowing people to develop. And I think that's a great place to, place to be for us to support. So, how do you put on a comedy festival? Well, as one festival ends, planning for the next year's begins. Part of project manager Chris Foote's job is to keep up to date with venues and promoters throughout the year. I stopped by his first meeting with Tinny at the Crumbling Cookie on a hot day in June. The deadlines are basically going to be more or less the same as last year in terms of the early bird discount deadlines. So we're out the back of the Crumbling Cookie with... Tinney, the uh, owner of the place, and we're here to discuss plans for 2014. Um, this is our initial meeting. We'll have various meetings throughout the next couple of months, some frantic, some not so frantic. So what does the initial meeting generally involve? What's the kind of groundwork you need to put down? It's just looking at various ideas that we've already had a chat about, penciling some dates, looking at programmes, chatting about who we think would be good for the cookie, who worked last year, who didn't work last year just trying to get some concrete stuff done really. Is there other places going to be doing free shows? Is it is it worth me doing free shows as well? Yeah. Because I think the the idea of while well, the idea of free shows is fantastic. If everybody did free When shows. the festival this year finished, do you immediately start thinking about what you might do next year or are you constantly kind of reviewing it? Oh, of course. I think uh, any person who books a program always looks looks ahead and looks a year, two years ahead. I've pretty much booked a third of of next year already and that's simply because I've seen acts that I like during the festival I've taken on board what they do and I think really they would fit really well in what we do I think it's really important to identify what's out there and get hold of it as soon as you can and get it out there to the general public so you not do free and then not have free? but what sort of gap would we look looking to change over it's now October it's colder and the festival team is holding its first joint promoter meeting at the LCB Depot in Leicester's Huge. Cultural Quarter. We think we're approaching 650 shows. Hello, my name's Luke. I'm from Just a Sonic Comedy Club. Last year was our first year doing that, so we kind of trialled it. This year we come back and we took on an extra venue as well, the Regent Club, so we've got two venues. So in total we've got 83 shows, which is quite a lot of shows. The festival's really good and really handy because you can put comedy on all year but there's not always an audience there. Obviously lots of visitors come to Leicester, like 50,000 people or something, so there's a lot more people to see comedy so you can afford to put on more and varied comedy shows for the, that crowd. The last couple of weeks it's definitely been on the forefront. You know, you have to get in all your shows, you have to make sure all the information's right. These guys have been really helpful. Over Christmas we'll probably forget about it and then come back around to January back on it. But yeah, it's exciting, it's good. I'm Alistair James, I'm from Leicester University Theatre. What our overall aim is is to produce a, an hour-long uh, review-style showcase of various sketches that are all uh, based around the central theme of the quest for the perfect sketch. We're still devising our ideas, so we haven't got anything solid at the moment, but we're sorting all the, kind of the acting out this week and in the next couple of weeks. We'll be working on that through next term, get, getting ready for February for Leicester Community Festival. We do a lot of comedy in Leicester University Theatre. A lot of people like comedy. Um, so I think it would be a good avenue to go down to get involved in things like this and to keep start building up that momentum of doing it year after year after year. These meetings give promoters a chance to ask questions and share plans. Discussing ideas and trying out crazy thoughts is all part of what makes the festival, says Jeff. There was no kind of rules to it, really. We made it up as we went along and we took some enormous risks, some of which paid off and some of which absolutely didn't pay off at all and were disastrous, but... It was a huge amount of freedom, you know, to, to do that sort of stuff. You know, still this year in the festival, there are things that, stupid ideas that we come up with sometimes, sometimes in the office, sometimes in the pub, sometimes just random kind of, oh, wouldn't it be great to try that out? And more often than not, we get to try them out. So whether it's an, an enormous kind of outdoor pyrotechnics show in the snow in Braunston or whether it's doing the preview show at De Montfort Hall, all these things, we're all risky things you know you had no idea whether they would work or not while some inspired thoughts never make it to the stage others do one of the silly ideas we've had for next year is around the 
popularity of choirs and singing, mainly due to TV shows and stuff. So we've been talking a lot in the office about ways in which we could do something in the festival which is which involves choirs and people singing and probably people singing silly songs or comedy songs. So things like yeah, I'm always look on the bright side of life or bring me sunshine. So we've been trying to put that together and I think it's something that is going to happen in February. Bring me sunshine in your smile Bring me laughter all the while After many a planning session and meeting, the idea has moved on to the next stage. A venue's been booked and BBC Radio Leicester's Martin Ballard, Ben Jackson, Monica Winfield and Dave Andrews are presenting it, as well as performing in it. Here's project manager Anna Peavitt. Where we're at is that there will be an event in February next year for our 2014 festival, which will be an evening of uplifting comedy song. And the cathedral are really incredibly supportive and, and behind it. Um, it will provide us with an opportunity to do a whole range of things promoting simply the fact that singing singing is good for you, singing makes you feel good. It will support participatory work, so getting involved in whatever it is in, in, in a creative way is, is really good for you. It's great for us to do things like that through the festival because obviously there's a huge festival audience and the festival does really well in terms of our coverage, so it's, if we can get those messages out there, that's, that's great. Always look on the bright side of life Choirs and music groups across Leicestershire have been enlisted and have comedy songs to get rehearsing, including the all-female ukulele group Look A Lady. Led by poet Alison Dunn, the group is a Leicestershire partnership NHS Trust project to increase well-being. We're working on a song called Don't Worry, Breathe Happy, which is a rewriting of the, of the Bobby McFerrin hit Don't Worry, Be Happy. Are we ready? What? Yeah, you've got to be funny. You are a bit funny. Funny peculiar. <laughs> funny peculiar. One, two, three, four. Here's a little song I wrote about the gurgling in my throat. Don't worry. Nice and loud, please. Breathe happy. It's an experience, I think. It's an experience that, that our group wouldn't have had. And we have done a, a few gigs and performed a bit, but it's kind of like a big thing to go to the cathedral with lots of other people who are performing. And I think people are slightly nervous because they're, you know, they're quite new to playing and singing and some of them haven't really performed very much before. So it's an opportunity to get out there and to, to promote ourselves and to, and to take part in something that's meant to make lots of people happy. Don't worry. As well as including established music groups, the project has also led to the formation of new choirs, including a joint venture between Leicestershire Charities Action Deafness and Vista. Rebecca Chu is leading the signing choir. This is the first time that there has been a deaf choir in Leicester for some time and especially to work together with another organisation such as Vista. I think this is something that's unique within the country. I think it's fantastic to give people who don't necessarily have opportunities to be involved in choirs a chance to be part of something as big as the event that we're part of. It's definitely been a successful partnership and it's something that we'd like to continue and hopefully develop and gain more members and maybe do other events around Leicester as well. I live in Leicestershire near Abbey Park. It's really fun, it's so enjoyable and just meeting so many different people and getting involved as well. Especially being uh, visually impaired and stuff, you know. I've never ever done anything like this before, so it's really encouraging for people like us. Hi, my name is Anne Lawrence and I'm speaking to you through a sign language interpreter. I've always loved singing choirs and I've really enjoyed and been thrilled that there's a new integrated signing and singing choir where deaf and blind people can come together and both enjoy singing. I feel that when people are there and the cathedral, this is going to be something quite different to what they've seen before. 
sounds like they're well on track for their big performance in the Leicester Comedy Festival at the city's cathedral. Something new for a venue which has been part of the festival for a number of years. David Monteith is the Dean of Leicester. I think we got involved for two reasons. One is the cathedral is a great venue in the city and needs to be used for all kinds of things and therefore we're very happy to open it up to the community at large. But secondly, I think from a more kind of profound point of view, I think laughter is a really important part of what it means to be human. And at the cathedral we're exploring how to be human in all kinds of ways. Laughter helps us actually deal with our saddest times. It helps us see how stupid and silly we could be as human beings. And it's simply good for us sometimes, isn't it? Clearly, there's some comedy uh, that wouldn't be appropriate in, in Leicester Cathedral. And, and so, yes, of course, we're uh, aware of that and aware of sensitivities about that. And people, I guess, today would find it unusual. But actually, when I look back at the history of the church, you know, the church has often used laughter in the way it communicates but these days um, we can be a bit prudish about these things but you know I'm an Irishman and I love a good Irish joke and so it, it gladdens my heart. And it's not only the diocese which is keen to show it can do funny. Here's Harry Perry from the Leicester Secular Society. For the first time we'll be doing a comedy festival session and hopefully if it goes well we will be doing more sessions next year. Secularists, sometimes it's said that people who are, are atheists are not as happy as people who are believers, and we're going to prove them wrong. Inviting the audience to try something different and get involved is a huge part of the comedy festival and the wider aim of the umbrella charity, The Big Difference Company. It sounds a bit of a cliche, OK, but uh, until Dave came along, we were called Leicester Comedy Festival, and those three words were of equal importance. So it was really important that it was festive, that it wasn't just a sort of, you know series of shows. Comedy obviously is an important part of it but Leicester is also, is also really important. You couldn't pick up the festival and put it in another city. I wanted the city to, to own it. I wanted people across the city and the county to think this is a great thing. So if you kind of have that as a starting point then it's a perfectly natural thing to then think well you know local schools can get involved. Um, in the first year we worked really closely with Age Concern who put on shows in Age Concern centres across the county and there's a whole host of things that mean that local people can get in, involved and that that was really important because of that balance between Leicester comedy and, and festival. And it just so happens, I think, that that's one of the reasons why we're here 21 years later is because it it is, the, I think, people in Leicester have a certain sense of ownership over it and it's really easy for people to get involved. As we heard earlier, poet, comic and former psychiatric nurse Rob G has been part of the festival forever. Well, at least 21 years, and in that time he has had a laugh with many a community health workshop. Much of the work has taken him in to local schools. Uh, big pig. It was wearing a wig. I think they broke the mould in a sense because it was quite outlandish, I think, at the time, the idea of, of comedians going into schools and kids creating comedy for other kids, which is weird when you think about it because any other kind of art, we encourage kids to do it. You know, be it dancing to painting to, to theatre and drama and this, that and the other. With comedy, probably the most popular art form in Britain. Didn't do it. No, no schools were doing it. What Big Difference did was they, they very quickly grasped the fact that, particularly in terms of arts and health, kids are much more responsive to messages when they come from their peers, when they come from other kids, as opposed to being preached at by adults. So big difference and very smart, I think, in making that little realisation early and then encouraging kids to create comedy, not just for the, the sort of self-esteem of making an audience laugh for the first time, but also to use that comedy to make them think about things like what they're eating or about bullying or about sexually transmitted diseases or about whatever it is that you, you, you feel is important. So the festival makes us laugh. It makes us sing. It makes us think about our health and well-being, And it also wants us to take a look at our green credentials. Ready for another of Jeff's great ideas? There's a stand-up. The main thing you need is a stage, an audience, and lights would be nice. And and Jeff came up with this idea and he said, oh, look, I've got this idea where we put you on a stage and it's blacked out, you can't see anyone, the audience is going to be there and it's totally in darkness and you go up there and you've got to do your thing. 
And I was like, and we were like, okay, yeah, this is great. Who's going to do that? And Jeff said, would you do it? I went, oh, okay. So I came to Leicester <laughs> and we did the first one and it was hilarious. And I'm doing this routine and at first it was surreal, but then you get into it. And I'm going, anyway, it's going to be a blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you this thing. I don't like the dark. I was doing this thing. And I'm doing this. Next thing you know, I'm literally, I didn't realise I'm walking around and I'm literally walking through someone. I'm on their knees and I'm touching their face while I'm trying to, not, you know, accidentally. And I'm thinking any other day you'd get done for harassment. Comedian Patrick Monaghan there. And, for a slightly calmer explanation, here's De Montfort University's Chris Morn again to throw some light on the matter. Comedy in the Dark has been, I think, a very innovative project which draws attention in a, in a, in a subtle way to energy consumption. And it's a huge challenge for comedians because one of the things that they, they play off, of course, is being able to see the audience, at least the first four rows. The other thing that the Comedy Festival done, you know, with the National Forest is the Comedy Wood, which I think, again, is a great initiative. They've also had the Green Room Prize, which they've been given over the last few years to a venue which has got a particularly innovative sustainability policy and programme. So they're doing things out with, you know, simply giving us a very rich and varied diet of live comedy to hear. They are connecting with other agendas which I think is very important. It's part of why I think the, 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 you know, the Comedy Festival will have a long-term future is because of its ability to be connected with things which are not just defined by a live comedy you know, perspective. It's a worthy trophy to have on your mantelpiece, but the Green Award isn't the only prize up for grabs at the festival, or the most coveted. That title probably goes to the Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year. Sponsored by the local newspaper, past winners include Johnny Vegas, Mitch Benn, Jason Manford, Miles Jupp, Rod Gilbert, Sean Walsh and Leicester's Matt Hollins. I narrowly won. I think I got three votes to two from the judges. Narrowly beat Russell Kane, who's uh, doing a bit of TV now, so he's doing quite well. It was a great feeling, yeah. I thought I'd rest on my laurels, you know. Laurels are for resting on, you know, why... Why go off to Hollywood when I, I can stay in Leicester? Top comedy critic Bruce DeSalle is the editor of the website Beyond the Joke and a regular judge. When you judge the Leicester Mercury Prize, it's it's very straightforward. It's all it's all on one night. You see all the acts in, in the it's always in the Y Theatre, and you um, all sit round a table, uh, try try to eat your crisps quietly while the acts are on, uh, and you watch them. And it's very very straightforward. You make notes. You you judge on originality, performance, confidence, material, and we all meet in a room afterwards and have a debates that sometimes is more heated than other years. I think the Leicester Comedy Festival is great at spotting new talent. You know, you look back at it over the years and, yeah, people like Johnny Vegas, Rod Gilbert, you know, massive comedians like Jason Manford have all won the award. So, you know, recent winners, people like Sean Walsh, they'll no doubt go on to big things. It's something that comedians realise the importance of. They um, all want to win competitions because that does get them noticed. And winning Leicester is, is a great stepping stone. With so many acts on the circuit these days, it's essential for comedians to stand out from the crowd and catch the attention of their potential audience particularly at festivals. And winning, or even just being nominated for an award, is something for the comedy CV. Here's Leicester born and bred comedian Jim Smallman again. My PR stuff that I put out for getting gigs and my agent sends out to promoters, it mentions that I got nominated for best debut show at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I think it was 2009. So I got nominated then. And we still, it's 2014, we still put that on our information. And another Leicester-based comedian, Leanne Mackay, who got into comedy after taking part in a workshop in the city and has since sidestepped traditional stand-up for a more alternative, character-based act. Oh, my name's Big Jack, how are you doing? I like feel, but I'm a puppeteer from a future time. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of chipped away on my own, but every time I do a show at the festival, it's put me a little bit higher and higher in where I stand. Oh, this is me puppet, this is Stacey Boots. She's the first lady in space and she's gonna... My first real hour-long show I got a special mention for, and my second show I actually got nominated for Best Show, which was gobsmacking and I cried. It's the like, second biggest comedy festival outside of Europe, well, that isn't a fringe, so it does carry some weight, and it's got Dave's name behind it as well, so you don't have to troll up and down the country trying to build a fan base when you've got this on your CV. 
I mean, considering there was 500 shows last year and this was in the top five, I think that carries a lot of weight. <laughs> but the awards aren't all about the acts. Some are very much about the audiences. Each year, the festival enlists a dedicated team of comedy fanatics. People so up for a laugh that they're willing to sacrifice annual holiday from the day job and quality time with friends and family to absorb and critique as many acts as possible. One long-term judge has also become very much part of how we cover the comedy festival here on BBC Radio Leicester. And as Dave's Leicester Comedy Festival 2013 continues, our resident reviewer is back in the studio with me this morning, Kate Bassett. Welcome back. Good morning, Jim. Morning to you. Now, um, all of us are in awe of your uh, sheer tenacity and staying power. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we're mid-festival. Diehards like me are getting very tired. There's definitely a whiff of blackcurrant strepsil in the air. Is that right? Judging panel goes and see every show which is eligible for an award and debates amongst themselves in a hopefully fiery and interesting debate to decide who is the best show, who is the best new show, which is the best venue, small venue, large venue, and that's about it. I love the Leicester Comedy Festival and each year I've done something uh, more and more. So I started off just coming to watch shows and being a committed fan, then went on to the judging panel and now I'm doing other things. And I just really like it because it's a very accessible festival, lots of really interesting acts and it makes for a great night out. So exactly how much of her life has she dedicated to the Leicester Comedy Festival? I haven't counted and I wouldn't like to count because it might be scary. It's a bit like going to the shops and thinking you've only spent a few pounds. I'd hate to think how many hours I've gone into it, but I just love it. Now let's hear from fellow judges, Eve, originally from Ireland, and Dave, who's been a judge for the past five years. Really tiring. I had like 65 shows and I was working. But um, it was really good fun. I really enjoyed it. Like, um, it a really good atmosphere in the city as well. Just everyone was out and happy and having fun. So it was one of the things that made me happy. I kind of moved here because, like, if you're going to Birmingham, they don't have the same things in Birmingham or Derby. Or, so it's really cool to have such a big festival. Initially, it was the promise of free tickets because I'm half Scottish and I like going to things for nothing. But then it turned out that, one, that even better than that was that I got to see a lot of shows that I wouldn't, have act, I wouldn't have gone to see because I hadn't heard of the people involved. It's really opened my eyes to a lot of comedians I wouldn't have otherwise seen. You know, I'd just have gone to see the names that are on telly and a lot of them turn out to be great, often even better than sort of the household names, if you will, and that's why I keep applying every year. We're all really into our comedy, all of the judges, that's why we, we're willing to give up two and a half weeks of our lives to do this. But it does apparently makes a difference to a lot of the comedians involved because a lot of them do use the nominations you know, even if they don't win awards. By the time we reach January 2014, there's just a month to go until the start of the festival. So audiences are given a flavour of what to expect with a preview show. We're now backstage with project manager Chris Furt at De Montfort Hall. I'll show you the stage. So basically right now we're just doing a run through of the start of the show. Adam's doing a sound check right now, but as you can see, the video screen is set up. So that's when we're going to show a short film at the start and then the choir's going to come up. And at this point, for you, does this feel like the festival's starting to happen or does it still feel like there's so much to organise? It feels like it's starting to happen. We've had loads of press stuff this week and people have started to ask about hotels and that sort of thing. So before Christmas, it doesn't really feel like it, it's just a bunch of shows in a programme. But when people actually start talking about trying to get here and the physical act of sorting out that, you know, people to the doors and stuff like that, then it feels like, you know, there's actually a festival. It's not just a magazine that we've put out for the fun of it. Um, there's Jasper Carrot. Topping the bill at this year's De Montfort Hall Festival preview show was the much-loved elder statesman of British comedy, Jasper Carrot. It's the 21st anniversary of Dave's Leicester Comedy Festival. I've never done it before, and uh, I'm comparing tonight, so I've actually, I'm not even doing it this year. So I'll probably die without doing Dave's Comedy Festival Leicester. Oh, that's a heck of a... Dave's Leicester Comedy Festival. Anthony Flint is the manager of De Montfort Hall. He certainly sees the value for his venue, providing a main stage for festival acts. We're really pleased, we're really proud to be part of it. It's the, the Comedy Festival is, is a huge deal in the cultural life of the city and, uh, and we're really pleased to be involved with it anywhere we can. And We've got a long history with, with the preview show, so uh, we're pleased that it's carried on right through to the 21st year. 
The festival kind of brings a focus to that though, that February month because just after Christmas, you know, it can be a little bit flat. So February's a real pick up and get on. And I think comedy is really good. Comedy, I'm a big fan of comedy and we do a lot of comedy through the whole year. Um, and I think right now people are prepared to come out and spend money to be entertained and laugh and have a good time to kind of get away with things from things a bit. So comedy is a good thing for us. preview provided a tantalising taster, whetting the appetites of comedy fans eager to get stuck into the feast of comedy to be served up by the festival. And, with more than 600 performances booked across three weeks in over 40 venues, what could possibly go wrong? While the enormity of the endeavour would send some into a spin, there's something about Jeffro which keeps him very mellow. Does he think he's mellow? Well, people say I am. I think that's because I've done it for a long time, but... Yeah, I mean, you would, you couldn't, you couldn't do it if you were really, if something like not selling any tickets is going to stress you out, or the venue changing at the last minute, or the act pulling out. If those things are going to make you really panic and very concerned, then, then it's probably not the right job for you, I imagine. It's difficult because I've done it for such a long time. You have a, a huge amount of confidence that it will be all right in the end. I have an expression that I quite often use, you know, no one's going to die, you know, so as a result of what I do in my daily job, it's highly unlikely that anyone's going to die as a result. So the worst thing that can happen is somebody can be really disappointed that they can't go and see a comedian that they really like. Well, it's not the end of the world, is it? You know, it's just, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Jeff's laid-back approach is clearly a key factor in staging 21 years of successive and successful festivals. And it's that impressive track record that earned him a British Empire medal in the Queen's Birthday Honours last year. <laughs> I did, yes. I think it's, you know, everybody always says this, but I genuinely believe it's, it's you know, the festival wouldn't have survived this long if it wasn't for the dedication of loads of people. And, and I really value the fact that so many people support the festival. You know, you can, you can go into lots of different places in Leicester and Leicestershire, and there's huge support for the festival and the impact it's had over the last 21 years and that's really I'm really proud of that and if this medal you know somehow recognises that as much as what I've done as an individual then that's a really good thing I think. And the festival has also won the respect of those in the know on the British comedy circuit. Here's critic Brewster Sow again. Over the years comedy critics have become more and more interested in the Leicester Festival. I think we're basically a lazy bunch. A lot of critics are London-based and we can do a lot of comedy watching in London. But because there have been bigger shows, for instance, Roseanne Barr, when she played in Leicester, she didn't do a London show. Or if she did, she did it after the Leicester show. So, so I remember getting the train up to Leicester that Friday night and it was full of London critics all going up to Leicester to see Roseanne. So we certainly pay a lot of attention to what's going on in Leicester. The Leicester Comedy Festival really punches above its weight. I think, I think consistently it just gets fantastic acts, big shows, small, you know, interesting shows, creative shows. And I think that's, that's helped to sort of carve out its reputation. And I think it's got a, a special place in the hearts of comedy fans. So with all those hundreds of shows and comedy moments over the last 21 years, what have been the highs for Jeff? Bringing Roseanne Barr over from America was, aston- was astonishing. I mean, that was just luck. And it was only when she arrived in Leicester that we knew that it was the first time she'd ever done stand-up outside of America. And that was just, that was really incredible. And Alan Carr supported her at the Montfort Hall and we did two nights. So, I mean, that was amazing. Equally, I remember Jason Manford's first ever hour show that he did at a bar on Wilford Road in Leicester, which no longer exists. And that was an incredible gig. There's kind of quite a lot of those small gigs, I suppose. I remember seeing Harry Hill and Matt Lucas in the first comedy festival at Scrapped Off Student Union. It's been a huge amount of fun, you know. I mean, sometimes I genuinely have to pinch myself and think how lucky I am because I've just messed around for 21 years and no one's told me to stop. So unless anybody tells me to stop, I'll probably keep doing it. So what all started off as a university project has grown into an enriching and edifying part of Leicestershire's culture, a must-do date for hundreds of comedians, a key contributor to our county's economy and a rare and very welcome provider of light entertainment in the dark days of winter. Happy birthday, Leicester Comedy Festival. Here's to the next 21 years. Because I'm happy, clap along if you feel 
why.